You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, Amen. The prophet Isaiah had a long ministry. And in that ministry, he had a vision that extended with great clarity, perhaps beyond any of the other prophets. He ministered to the Lord's people around the year 700, so maybe starting in 735 and extended to 680 or so. During the time that the Assyrians are destroying the north and Jerusalem is hanging on by a thread. But Isaiah is given to see with great clarity the hope and the promise of the coming Messiah. And perhaps there's no clearer preaching of the death of Jesus Christ and the benefit that we receive from that death than the text that we heard from the prophet Isaiah, chapters 52 to 53. Behold, Isaiah says, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up. He shall be exalted. He will be marred beyond human semblance, beyond the children of mankind. He will sprinkle many nations. His face, his vision won't be recognizable. He will be despised and rejected by man. He will be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Men shall hide their faces. They will despair and esteem him not. He was stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. He will die with criminals. He will be with a rich man in his grave. And yet his generation will last forever and the Lord will hand him the spoils of his victory. He will bear the sins and he will make intercession for transgression. It's absolutely stunning. It seems like it would be written a generation after Jesus lived and died and rose again. And yet here we have it 700 years before the events happened. I remember sitting on a bus in Israel when I was 19 years old, and I was talking to this, oh, he must have been an Israeli college student who was sitting next to me on the bus. And I said, you're, you're Jewish then? And he said, yeah, of course, we're all Jewish around here. I said, you don't believe in Jesus? Yeshua, you mean? No, of course not. I said, do you believe the prophet Isaiah? He says, well, yeah, we love the prophets. And I said, well, what do you do with this text? It sounds to me like this is describing Jesus. Does it not? And he says, no, no, that's an old Christian trick. That's not talking about Jesus. Well, who is it talking about then? He said, well, obviously it's talking about the people of Israel, the Jewish nation who are always suffering and being led around and, and dragged this way and that and persecuted in every way. And so I said, well, how, how is this Israel bearing the sins of Israel? <laughs> well, never mind, he said. Never mind. I think that's almost an astonishing sort of spiritual blindness to miss this picture which the Lord paints for us in the preaching of Isaiah. 
And here's the benefit of the text. Not only does Isaiah tell us that the Messiah would come and would suffer and would die and would be raised and would have a kingdom, he tells us why. He tells us why it happened. Look at this. Can you look at this on page on the first page of your bulletin on the text, Isaiah 52 and 53? Look at the... Look at the fourth verse, and I want you to compare the things that belong to us and the things that belong to Jesus. We want to look for the hours. O-U-R. Look for the hour. Surely, verse 4, He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Verse 5, look. But He was wounded for our transgressions, He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by His stripes we are healed. Now this is the main thing. The main thing of Good Friday. The main thing of the cross of Jesus. The main thing of all of His suffering and death. This is it, that Jesus was on the cross suffering for us. It was, it was our transgressions that caused His wounds. It was our iniquities that caused Him to be crushed. It was our sins that caused Him such sorrow. Yours and mine. He did nothing wrong. Nothing. He never broke God's law. He was perfect, absolutely, in every way. It was you and me who deserved this wrath from God, but Jesus is taking it in our place. Getting what you deserve. He was our substitute. This, by the way, is what the theologians call the great exchange. Jesus gets our sin, and we get His mercy. Jesus takes our iniquities, and He gives us His righteousness. Jesus takes our transgressions, and He gives us His peace. So that all of our, all of our breaking of God's, all of our sin, all of our failures, all of it, if you could just imagine, every time you've sinned, it's like having a big pile of sins, and Jesus comes to us and He says, give it to me. I'll carry it. Give it to me. I will bear it. Give it to me. It will crush me then, instead of you. He bore the sin of many, Isaiah preached. That's your sin, and that's mine. Now, we don't want to miss this. I mean, if we miss this, we miss everything. If we miss this, we're not Christians. If we miss this, we're doomed. That Jesus takes your guilt and he suffers for it, so that he can declare you to be holy and innocent and righteous and forgiven and perfect. 
He takes your imperfections and gives you his perfection. He takes your death and he gives you his life. He's bleeding and dying to give all of this to you. But there's even something more in the text. Something more astonishing, because there is Jesus standing there, taking all of our sins, and and he says, give it all to me. And we say, all of it? Yes. All of it. Everything. Every broken law. Every transgression. Every every sinful deed, every sinful thought, every sinful word, I'll take it all. Every act of neglect, I'll take all of it. So that, remember how Paul says it, that he, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He, he takes it all, every single bit of it. And finally, when we're done unloading all of our sins on Jesus, he says, you have anything else? And we say to him, Lord, no, look, you've taken all of my sins. <laughs> Every single one of them. You've already got it already. And so then Jesus says, all right, well, I've got all your sins and I've taken care of that and I've forgiven you and you're my child and you're holy. So let me see what else. Do you have any grief? Grief? Ah, uh, I thought you were in the business of taking away sins. He says, well, yeah, I've done that. I've, I've taken away your sins, but now I want to carry some more. Do you have any grief? Uh, yeah, I've got lots of that. And he says, give me that too. So here's our frustrations, and here's our failures, and here's our disappointment, and here's our shame, and we simply unload it one after another. That's what it says. He carried our griefs. Not only our sins and iniquities and transgressions, He carries your griefs. And when you've unloaded all of your griefs, He says, is that it? And we say, yes, Lord, that's all, that's all the grief I've got. You've, you're bearing it all. And He says, well, how about some more? Do you have any sorrows? Do you have any sorrows? And we say, yes, Lord, I've got plenty of those. I've been weeping my whole life. It's a veil of tears down here. And he says, well, give me those as well. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Your sorrows. He wants those too. Because Jesus intends, dear saints, not only to make you holy and righteous and fit to stand before him on the day of judgment, he also wants you to have hope and peace and joy. In Him. In His death. And in His resurrection. So He says, if you've got sorrows, give those to Me as well. All the mourning. All the tears. All the sadness. All the fear. All of the weeping. Put that also on my shoulders. So that when Jesus goes to the cross, he's not, if you can even imagine, he, it's not, he's not only carrying your sins, which is plenty, believe me, it's plenty. He is also bearing our griefs and carrying our sorrows. This is your Jesus. 
This is your Savior. There's a temptation for me, I think maybe for you guys. There's a temptation to think of the death and the suffering of Jesus as a sad event. As if this day was not Good Friday, but Bad Friday. Or Sorrowful Friday. Or Mourning Friday. No, it is rightly called Good Friday. Because these things that Jesus suffers on the cross, this indignity, this being dragged all around, this being dressed up like a fake king, this being beaten and slapped in the face and spit on and having his beard torn out and being pinned to the cross and writhing under the justice and the wrath of God, all of this is his joy. It's what Hebrews tells us. Remember Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He says that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising the same. For the joy that was set before him. Jesus did not go through all of these things for no purpose, but to achieve that which would give him the most joy, the unimaginable joy, the joy, a divine joy of God the Savior. And the joy that was set before him is you. The joy that is set before him is, is the forgiveness of your sins. The joy that is set before Jesus is knowing that because of what he suffered on the cross for those six hours, 1986 years ago, that you would be able to stand in the day of judgment, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, to face the judgment of God and to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy prepared before you. The joy is knowing that you, have nothing to fear in life or in death. Nothing at all. Because God is on your side. He is your Savior. And the joy of Jesus is you sitting here tonight knowing that these things are true. That your sins are forgiven. That He was crushed for your iniquities. That he was smitten and stricken by God. That he bore the sins of many. And that he has carried your grief and borne your sorrow. Dear saints, this cross, this suffering and death of Jesus is our joy and his. Because this cross is your salvation. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.